0: Welcome to the Marketing Stir podcast by Stirista, probably the most entertaining marketing podcast you're going to put in your ears. I'm Jared Walls, associate producer and Stirista's creative copy manager. The goal of this podcast is to chat with industry leaders to get their take on the current challenges of the market, but also have a little fun along the way. In this episode, VP of B2B Products, Vincent Peshrefessa, and CEO, AJ Gupta, talk with Gretchen Littlefield, CEO of More DM Group. Gretchen shares her journey of how she came to work in the nonprofit sector, as well as creative approaches to fundraising. The discussion also takes a turn into Zoom happy hours and the future of face mask fashion. Give it a listen.
1: All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first of hopefully many, many episodes of The Marketing Stir, brought to you by Starista. I am your host, VP of B2B Products and Partnerships for Starista, Vincent Petrofessa, a.k.a. Vincent James, a.k.a. Vinny P. If we went to high school together, I don't know. That's how crazy we're getting here. And joining me on this journey, we've been talking about this for a long time, A.J., is my CEO and fearless leader Mr. AJ Gupta. What's going on?
2: Hey Vincent, it's uh, 10 years in the making and I think we have a good one here. I don't think uh, there has ever been a podcast with three rising stars before.
1: Oh, I know, I know. You're already giving a little bit away here. Our guest today and yes, we had we've we've wanted this podcast for 10 years. We wanted this guest on for 10 years. So this kind of works out beautifully for us. Uh, She is a rising star. She's already risen. Um, We are three rising stars from the marketing edge and also silver apple award winner. How is that possible? She's way too young to receive the silver apple award, but she did. And she is, uh, I've known her for many years from my info group days there. She is currently the CEO of More. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome our friend. The first episode, we'd have it no other way, Mrs. Gretchen Littlefield. How are you?
3: Thanks, Vincent. I'm definitely too young to be <laughs> a Civil Apple Award winner. I'm, uh, I'm very pleased to be
1: yeah, we're, we're we're happy to have you. Yes, the uh, Silver Apple Award winner is 25 years of service, and uh, we were happy as a board member of the Direct Marketing Club of New York to give Gretchen that honor. And I must say, Gretchen, I'm I loved seeing. You there, I love seeing all the people who came out to support you. By far, you know, one of the the, the biggest, uh, you know, supporters and support group that I've seen there. A lot of former friends and colleagues, or current friends, I should say, and and colleagues at the Silver Apple Award. I just am, uh, uh, you know, upset that I was not the MC of that event that year. They decided to go into another direction, having done it the year before. But hey, who's bitter? maybe i am but anyway it's so good to have you here <laughs> you yeah, know i'm still bitter over that i'm still bitter that i lost my 7th grade spelling bee on the word coefficient we'll get into that another time true story but tell me what's been going on you are the ceo of more group tell us about more and what you've been up to
3: so we are a full service fundraising firm. We do every single channel and every single aspect, full end to end of fundraising for most of the leading nonprofits across the country. So that's everything from strategic consulting, data and analytics, media planning and buying across everything from traditional DM to lots of television and online as well and PR services also for our clients. And um, so it's been an interesting time for us. We're adapting as everyone is with the crisis around COVID. And for some of our clients, this is, you know, an opportunity to do more and to grow and, you know, an opportunity to shine. And for other clients, this is a time of, that's very challenging, like it is for a lot of marketers, right? And so we're busy, we've got a lot going on. Um, And for the most part, most of our staff is still showing up every day and is working in our plants across the country. We have 2,500 people that are still showing up for work every day. Um, to get the mail out so that our clients are still able to raise critical funds for the causes that they help serve. So not everybody is working from home like we are, you know.
1: Yeah, that's that's great work that you're doing there. And and you, you bring up a great point, because not only is more doing, like you said, the, you know, the tv aspect of the creating of the content the commercial you know creating of the mail pieces but you know those workers who are coming in they're considered essential workers because they're doing you know they're doing that job and getting that that out uh you know to the potential donors and the people uh talk about that a little bit
3: they are they're heroes i mean yeah. it, i think the thing that sort of stands out to me through this whole crisis and it's there are heroes all around us right there's Obviously, the nurses and doctors that are going into the hospitals every day and putting themselves in harm's way, but there's also the people that are working at the grocery stores, right, that are choosing to go to work every day, um, even though there's some personal risk, because they recognize that. You know, people still need access to food. Well, it's the same thing in the nonprofit industry. And our staff are continuing to come to work because they know that our clients depend on them. You know, hospitals, food banks, these organizations, if we don't continue to get the mail out, then they are unable to raise their money. And for most of our clients, we are their primary source of revenue. So, and then, you know, there's um, there's a, a significant part of our work that is involved with television as well. So, um, if you're watching any of the DRTV spots that are on television during the middle day, most of those are ones that we've produced and created both from the very beginning to the end, bought the media, and then also during the, the fulfillment. Um, and many charities right now there are the other fundraising channels to have pretty much dried up so face-to-face fundraising which when you see those street canvassers out on corner uh asking for money like in most major u.s cities that's not happening right now and it probably won't for quite some time um events are for the most part shut down for most of the rest of the year, and walks, um, anything that involves people being in close proximity to each other right now is really challenging for our clients. So we're filling the gaps, and we're trying to come up with creative ways to help them raise money other ways.
2: So how, it might be a little early to tell, but are you seeing a decline in giving to nonprofits already?
3: Not Yeah, across the board. So we also have a caging business where we open the envelopes, deposit them into the bank on behalf of our clients. And we've been tracking um, on a weekly basis and providing that information out to the industry rolled up. So far, year-to-date, giving has increased by 1% across the entire industry. Uh, I've reached out to our competitors in the industry, other Cajun companies in the nonprofit sector. And for the most part, things are holding steady. There are some areas where there's uh, been a pretty significant decrease in giving. Museums, for example, are really suffering right now because they're shut down. So, and I think that it's a difficult ask, right now for some of the organizations. Now some of them are doing really creative things like doing online tours. Mount Vernon, uh, for example, has got an entire online tour that they've got on their website and they're coordinating with schools across the country so that school children can continue to see Mount Vernon, but remotely. Um, World War II Museum in New Orleans, which is a fantastic um museum. And one of my personal favorites is shut down right now. Obviously, New Orleans is a hot spot, but they are creating an entire online program to help school children across the country and teachers. And I think anyone that's got kids at home know how important that is to have that type of content.
2: I actually know exactly the museum you're talking about. when uh, went there with my parents uh, many years ago. Really? Yep. So, how did you get into the uh, nonprofit world, Gretchen? You've had a long career—not twenty-five years, as uh, the silver apple people would have us believe.
3: Well, it's funny. I got um, into it through politics first. So, I started—I got the political bug when I was in high school and started volunteering on political campaigns, doing literally like phone banking and going door to door and helping cut walk lists. And, um, it, I I just got the bug. I, I loved it, loved everything about it. And I started working on a campaign, Clinton Gore 92. And, um, I was actually put into an office in Sacramento, California, where they asked me to answer the phones. And, I failed miserably at that. I couldn't figure out how to transfer calls in between <laughs> the different offices or really just phone etiquette in general it was not my skill set. So, rather than fire me, they asked me to work on the database for the voter file and cut walk list that thing and it turned out that was something that I was pretty good at and um after campaign life ended, I just kept working in the data industry and I had a passion for change and, you know, the good that direct marketing in the world can do.
1: So talk a little bit, Gretchen, about, so, you know, I would imagine some of your clients are nonprofits dedicated to the, the, the COVID virus. Uh, so how's that, you know, how you've been working with them. And then, you know, you can't forget, like you said, about these museums and other clients that you have that depend on f- uh, fundraisers. I feel like in, in times of crisis, I tend to donate more money. I have one or two fund ra- one or two, uh, organizations that I donate to almost exclusively St. Jude's being one of them, uh, you know, and, but talk to me about that, how, how it's kind of, you know, how your clients are different and, and. What they're going through right now.
3: I think Americans, and what makes us unique as a country, is that we're very charitable. You know, uh, we—it's part of our culture. And I think in this case, in particular with COVID, people are at home. They feel isolated. They're looking for opportunities of how to do good and really to feel empowered and giving by its very nature, makes people feel empowered. You know, I know that when I feel helpless over a situation, there's something that that I feel is wrong and I want to figure out how I can fix it. I feel like giving is what makes me feel like I'm in control. And I suspect that will continue to be true through the COVID crisis. Um, uh, You know, through television in particular, we're seeing just terrific results right now. Even for some of our clients that don't necessarily have a direct Um, impact on solving the crisis around COVID, but just that they're doing good in the world and people want to be part of that, you know. Um, And there's a lot of people at home watching television, right? So I think the last stat I just saw is that the average person is streaming for over eight hours a day. Um, And separate from streaming, people just in general, I think, have the television on as background noise, pretty much all day long right now, and the mail is also one piece that still feels normal, right? You know, you can go out, you're seeing the ads, um, and this is probably one of the few times where, for nonprofits, there's very little competition in the mailbox. So, you know, AJ, there's something I'm I'm curious from. From your perspective as well, I mean, you have some of the top brands in the U.S. that you're working from, and some of them might be taking a pause for a minute, but I suspect that this would be a great opportunity right now to go into the mail or or for digital as well, just because people are at home. They're not distracted, you know. and probably a little bit bored and looking for something to do. So, I mean, if you if you are mailing a catalog right now, I've got to think, you know, people are reading it.
2: Yeah, you know, what we're seeing is a lot of the big brands, uh, and we work with quite a few that are service-based uh, retailers, uh, they are unfortunately pausing. And uh, it's not that they don't have the marketing budget or they can't sustain for many months. I think it's the uh, fear of uncertainty about how long it will be before they reopen. So there is a uh, tendency to uh, spend uh, spend more money um, in, in any channel, but direct mail does make a lot of sense to us. And in fact, we're working on launching a program for executives at home to help uh, B2B marketers, which, uh, For a large part, I think that that area is less affected in our client list than our retail clients uh, to reach out to marketing directors and C-level people at home. So definitely a great idea.
3: Yeah, I I mean, at the end of the day, you know, people are going to have to adapt, right? We won't be stuck in our houses forever. That's where... I don't think in two years we're all going to be sitting here on a podcast from our living room couch. Uh, You know, things are going to, it'll probably happen in waves and we'll all adapt as marketers and as human beings. I mean, thats it's going to happen.
2: Yeah, I I sure hope so. I don't think uh, many of us are natural teachers looking to homeschool for the rest of our lives.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's, yeah, it's definitely changed a lot of the way we're, we're communicating with customers. And, you know, we are seeing a, a, an uptick in digital on our end. Uh, we, we know uh, digital campaigns with, with our customers, uh, some postal as well. But, you know, yeah, everyone's a, a adapting and our messaging has changed. Let me ask you this, Gretchen. How has the, you know, has, has your messaging Changed as far as the way you, I would imagine your team is also going. You know, going out to new uh, partners and new nonprofits. How's your messaging changed as far as your your, the output of how you're communicating with uh, potential new customers?
3: Well, let me start first with how our clients are communicating to their donors, right? And then I'll go to how we're communicating to our clients. But for what we're telling our clients to do and how they should be communicating to their donors. It's important to be relevant right now. So continuing to send out the same messaging and mail piece, although the need is still there, um, it's important to alter it to make it make sense for the, the current situation, right? So for example, if for some of our clients that are working for, uh, in the space of animal welfare. Important work. They are changing their message to make it appropriate for COVID around the fact that, look, they're supplying food, like a food bank almost for pets, for people that are lower income or maybe having a very difficult time because of the crisis, you know, where they've had, maybe they lost their job and they don't have the money to go out and get pet food right now. So these organizations are stepping up to offer food for free to people to help them, right? So what we're guiding our clients to do is to be relevant, to be authentic, and to talk about how the crisis is impacting them and whoever it is that they're serving. You know, for a veteran services organization, you might think, well, how would an organization like that be impacted by the crisis? Well, quite often those organizations are helping people that are paralyzed or have had some sort of an injury due to the war that they served in, um, and they have compromised immune systems. So they are more vulnerable in this situation. They need more services, or you know, some of the services that they were getting help with before the crisis started are now in jeopardy because those services are being moved to other places. So it's impacting every single piece of our society. And for those organizations, we're telling them that they have to make their message relevant to the current situation and not continue to speak how they always have. For what we're communicating to our clients is we're here to help. We're all working long hours right now and doing what we can to support our clients and make sure that their fundraising continues to happen. And then, you know, for a lot of our clients, they're really nervous, honestly, about what we're doing around um, business continuity plans to make sure that we stay open. So that, you know, as you can imagine, if 90% of your revenue is coming from direct mail, it's a big problem if your production partner is not in business so we're doing a lot to make sure that our staff stays healthy and we're um, you know doing everything that we can from providing special sanitation systems masks to you know staggering workforces we've moved machines apart from each other there's just a lot of technical things that we're doing to make sure that our workers are safe.
1: You know, and, and on top of that, as you, the CEO, you're also have to also keep that morale up, right? Of the employees and there's employees working from home for the first time. You what, know, well, you know, what are you doing there? Yes. What message do you have to other CEOs who are, um, you know, out there? And I'd love to ask, you know, after that, AJ, the same question.
3: So we've been doing a lot of the Zoom happy hours like everybody else is doing in the industry and and trying to do fun things to help support people. But we've also um, started to put together some we have a more cares program that we launched to help people get access to resources around mental health to keep people's spirits up, you know, and coaches, counseling, that type of thing to um, helping strategize around how to deal with offering, um, homeschooling things that I never thought that we would be doing, but we are right now. Um, and, uh, we, we're very fortunate in that we work with these amazing clients, like I said, that keep us all motivated. So, um, we started a program where we are doing video clips with our clients, and our clients have actually made videos of their causes for our staff, talking about the work we do and thanking them for continuing to come to work every day to support them. So, for example, uh, you know, uh, Christian Appalachian Project, the CEO there, did a a video showing how the um, money that we help them raise goes to help feed and support people who are some of the most vulnerable people in the country in appalachia and um, it was really moving, so it's a variety of things
2: a j how,
1: how about yourself what could you you know uh, you motivate me every day, but i'd love to see what you <laughs> what, what you do uh, you know what, what's what's uh, Starista doing, uh, you know, how you've been dealing with it. A lot of people working from home, I would imagine. Love to hear your take on it.
2: Yeah, I wish I had uh, gone before Gretchen, so there wasn't so much pressure. Now I feel like <laughs> I should make a few things up too. <laughs> yeah, for us, it's, uh, it's definitely a unique situation because we have built our office largely in San Antonio. Uh, we've always had some remote folks like Vincent, but uh, we've built it in San Antonio, so being in the office is a big part of uh, who we are and what we do. So we have a lot of sports teams, for example, that are that have come to a halt. So it's been a little bit challenging, to be honest, to adapt to working from home. We have a lot of uh, millennial employees that have young children, uh, but I think we're doing a, a okay job right now. We're getting better at it as time progresses, uh, and hopefully we don't... Uh, get good at it because that means we've been doing it way too long <laughs> but we start our day with Google Hangouts and uh, that's split up in de- different departments and then I personally try to jump on various uh, Google Hangouts uh, as time permits and then on our base camp we have been trying to uh, do various things each week uh, we had a throwback Thursday we did a happy hour yesterday of course So, yeah, I think we're uh, still trying to figure out and navigate this uh, new normal um, and uh, definitely uh, going to try to incorporate some of the other things Gretchen uh, mentioned. And I think it is a little concerning, especially for employees that are single and are quarantining alone, uh, because a lot of us have families and then but some people are really just alone by themselves. And I think that that can be
3: fairly difficult during this time. I hadn't thought about that.
1: Yeah, I know the loneliness, you know, that the loneliness factor. I mean, it's... You know, well, luckily there are things like, you know, Netflix and, and Zoom and you know I'm doing happy hours with my high school buddies, my fantasy football team friends, my college buddies, you know, uh, but I'm, I'm obviously kept very busy with a three-year-old at home and one on the way in, in a few days, but so it's, that, that's crazy, but you know, it's, you know, things like Netflix and and television have been keeping us going. But let's switch gears a little bit on the fun side, right? Um, binge watching. You said people are doing it eight hours a day uh, on average. What, what have you? I mean, you're you're super busy, so I know you're not doing eight hours a day. But what what have you been watching during this time? Anything fun?
3: I just discovered this marvelous Mrs. Maisel show. I had oh, no it's idea amazing. that this has been out for years. <laughs> It's the yeah, best it, thing. I love it. I love her. It's fantastic.
1: Yeah, it's it it actually it, it goes like a play, right? It reads like a play, the, the the tone of it. It's very, very funny. Totally. Yeah, I uh my friend is one of the uh
3: it's it's so uh, very, new. Very, York. very
1: like old school New York, like yeah. yeah. My uh I have a friend who's a, a writer on it. And uh norm- normally a few of my coworkers take a drink when I mentioned, Hey, I know that person. I have a friend because they think I know, uh, you know, so many people I'm just friendly. Um, anyway. So, yeah, you know, uh, other questions where you're you and AJ, I'm glad to have both of you on uh, both CEOs, me being in partnerships and in sales and, and relationship selling, you know, we've been changing our message the way we've been reaching out to people, prospecting. I imagine that you as a CEO are get solicited about 47 times a day from people. Um, what are some of the craziest messages you've received in the past? What are some of the craziest messages you received during, you know, um, this, this, the virus and this, uh, you know, pandemic? And uh, what do you recommend the best way to reach out to a CEO in this business?
3: AJ, you got to go first. I'm curious what you're going to say.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. AJ, you can't follow Gresham anymore, so you have to go first.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's a good idea. That's a good idea. Yeah, for me, it's been a lot of people uh, offering to help, uh, especially my friends in the uh Data world all seem to have this generic template they bought from uh, marketing.com or something, and it goes something like, uh, We are here for you. Just call me if you need me. So it's, it's uh, that's the most uh, common and uh, typical message I get. Uh, but the uh, funniest one I got today was uh, it was a LinkedIn connection. No idea who this person is, but uh, it said, I heard you were interested in working from home. And then <laughs> it went on. To suggest all the uh, different things I could do from home to make money, so I was like, things are things are bad, but I don't know if they're bad enough to uh, transcribe <laughs> Netflix shows yet. So,
1: you're gonna sell Amway products? Is that what it was? <laughs> 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 How about you, Grace?
3: I, I kind of like the the I like the crazy pitches that I get on LinkedIn. Sometimes I find them amusing. Plus, I you know. I I appreciate the hustle and you can kind of tell when somebody's done it where it's like a cut and paste thing. Right. And they're sending it to like, they're just blanketing versus somebody who's actually done their homework and is trying to make a pitch. Right. That's somewhat relevant in some way, or they're actually trying to like social engineer a bit and they're trying to make note of somebody that you have in common or something like that. I always appreciate a good sales pitch. I mean, I think the thing that I find annoying is, you know, the let me tell you all the things you're doing wrong right now thing. You know, that I, you know, I'm like, really? (laughs) Is that the best way to start? I don't know. That's, uh, they
2: they clearly don't know you, Gretchen.
3: I'm sure that we're doing things wrong in certain places, you know and probably could use help. I'm just not sure that's the best tactic to start from, you know <laughs> so
1: that's the way I look at it you know I mean I've been in you know some business development and and some type of partnership role you know most of my career and you know I, I always like to approach, People that I work with, and and I'm fortunate to have relationships with people and, and customers that I've worked with for many years, but that's it. I I just, I just talk to people like I would want to be talked to. You know, it's not like, hey, Gretchen, what do I have to do to get you into this data? Like, I don't do that. You know, I'm not. It's it's more of relationship based. And hey, this is what we have. This is what we can help. Um, if there's a fit, great. If not, that's okay too. And that sort of, you know, relationship. And, and I get judgy too, when, when, you know, I get solicited as well. Uh, I, I want, I prefer like a personal message, something about me, you know, like, wow, your haircut looks amazing today. Would you like to buy some? I'm like, okay, great. Like that flattery does it for me. So if you're out there and you want to on uh, <laughs> anything, it's flattery that does it. But no, I, I like those personal messages, you know, like, hey, I'm we have, them. yeah, we have Gretchen Littlefield in common, Uh, you know, this is, but but not, you know, I'm not going to email you 47 times or, or call you and, uh, you know, that sort of thing. So, and like you said, AJ, you know, hey, we, we'd really love to help right now. All right. You're going to come over and, you know, watch my kid for three hours. Like, that's how you could help me right now. So. <laughs> it's really like tailoring your your, your message uh, to that so well good and you know, those are some business pet peeves what's a personal pet peeve of yours
3: oh my god that's a long list Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: there are so many
3: <laughs> i shouldn't admit that
1: <laughs> we're leaving that uh... in but there's so many okay <laughs>
3: whiners people that whine incessantly you know like look I I think that the world is full of problems you know and it's okay to whine for a short amount of time but not longer than a minute or two you know and just by our virtue of being you know Americans and being in this country and the situation we're in, we don't have a lot to whine about. So I just don't have a lot of patience for whining.
2: What's your uh, views on Tiger King?
3: I haven't seen this. I don't, I'm like, I, I have, I don't watch a lot of TV. I'm embarrassed to say, I, I feel like I'm, I watch the news sort of in the background while I'm multitasking, but I, I haven't, I'm not up to speed on that. That might be what I do this weekend. Cause I've, i kind of feel like I'm out of the loop. I just discovered Mrs. Maisel.
2: <laughs> yeah, I feel like we'll have to bring you back uh, to discuss Tiger King. It's one of our uh, most fascinating topics right now.
3: I hear there's this show called Billions that people tell me I should see too. This is like a- that is
2: that is definitely good. Very different from Tiger King, but good indeed. Yes,
1: but I'd like to get back to a, a few questions, business questions. We're talking about TV. Has the production on some of the commercial, I know you, you know, uh, more does a lot of, you know, not only puts out the commercials in the media, but you're actually filming the commercials and the concepts. Uh, right. Gretchen is that, is that halted? Right.
3: No, it continues on. And there's different ways that we are, are, are doing that. Um, so that's, you know, sometimes some of the, the spots we're filming with past footage where we're um, cutting it in such a way and recreating it with music and and new uh, positioning so that it's relevant for the current crisis. Um, some of it is just people filming with their iPhones. And then our team that's editing it and doing all of that work, which is a significant amount of work and the storyboarding and all of that are all working from their homes. And, it has probably been the busiest DRTV environment that we have ever seen. So and that's because like I, I didn't explain this before, but so these that face to face fundraising that happens with street canvassers that you've probably seen in New York and Boston and other cities, those types of fundraisers, um, they're looking for sustainers, monthly donors, you know, where they're taking a credit card and they charge every month. For a set fee, those are the best kind of donors, and um, it's the same since that fundraising channel has pretty much been unlimited, eliminated. The other great way to get sustainers is on television. So they always ask for like twenty bucks a month or thirty dollars a month as a sustaining gift, and the reason for that is because it's an it's a very effective way of fundraising and obviously the, the ratios and everything. It's a good, it's a, it's very practical.
1: Yeah. Like we definitely, uh, I definitely come across uh, that in, in New York city and, you know, I get, getting back to what you said about, you know, people doing it on their iPhone and doing it. I mean, that makes it authentic for the time. I mean, it shows that it's, it's real. Yeah. You know, the, those commercials, I, I think the, those, especially in the, in the nonprofit would probably hit home as opposed to um, you know something that's grandiose right now. So that that that's interesting to hear that it, that's still going on. The future of you know of fundraising. What, what, what do you kind of think after this? What you're going to see? Uh, are you going to? Do you think you know more people will come together on these you know amazing walks? Uh, Because we need it more than ever. Do you feel that there's going to be more virtual events, uh, you know, television? What do you kind of see the future as far as uh, in the fundraising space and just maybe, you know, marketing in general?
3: I think that the walks, it's going to take a while for those to come back a long time. Other than doing like virtual walks, um, that's it's going to be a while before that comes back, maybe even a couple of years, honestly. I think that the need is going to be greater than it's ever been before. And I think people will step up and I think people will give because it's the one way that they can actually make a difference in solving the problem. Um, We can't volunteer right now, that's not possible. So I think mail is going to have a resurgence. Um, And I think television is also going to do really well so television mail and digital are all going to have be really strong and there will be some organizations that will have phenomenal growth right now and they should because they are on the front lines of serving and helping to solve the problem but there will be other organizations unfortunately that may not make it and that's a reality and it's very sad so you know
2: yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's yeah, tough position for a lot of companies, and it's not necessarily, though well, it's not their fault. It's just a tough environment right now.
3: Yes, and you know, and that's it's a tough environment, but at the same time, you know, now's the time to adapt, as we do with everything else. And smart marketers know that you have to adapt, and you have to do it quickly to make your message relevant for the current situation. So you know, I I also I think I think Americans are just incredibly charitable people. And I think even one of the things that impressed me the most, I I don't know if either of you saw it, but there have been a lot of articles out there. There There's one in the Washington Post the other day about people writing and saying, Look, if you don't need the twelve hundred dollars that you're getting from the government and you're getting that, find a place to give it to, give it to a food bank, give it to a hospital, you know, give it to an organization that is helping to serve those who really need it right now. And people are doing it. It's amazing. It's incredible. You know, so there are some very inspiring things that are happening right now.
2: Yeah, I think there's a, there's a silver lining to all this and, and we're coming out of this uh, situation we will all be stronger for it but of course there's a lot of things that need to happen before things restore to normalcy it'll take a while for the jobs to be recreated and also for a lot of the students that are graduating to even find a job in this environment.
3: Yeah I think um I think masks are my prediction is that masks will become the new um, fashion accessory for this year. And I think all of us are gonna have multiple cloth versions with different fabric <laughs> types. I'm sure Vincent, you're gonna have something very dapper, you know.
1: Absolutely. Yep. You know, well I have all these pocket squares I could turn into masks, so that'll be good.
3: I, I heard that Gucci's releasing one now, you know. <laughs> oh
1: nice. That that that'd be great, you know, I have a New York Giants one. But yeah, no, I, I um it's, you know, things, it's definitely, uh, you know, it's definitely opened a lot of eyes and it's, it's uh, allowed me to look at, it, I'm looking at things differently. My, my, you know, in my, within my job, within my family, you know, I live in New York city and being in, you know, just something like this changes the way you look at it. You know, my wife and I, and my son stuck in our apartment. We're like, wow, this is small. Wouldn't it be nice to have a yard? Like, you know, we're on top of 8 million people. It's kind of like, yeah, you know, it, 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 you know, you think about so many different things during this time. It's, uh, you know, it's crazy, but you know, you, you had a, a nice, you know, final thought there, Gretchen. And, um, I wanted also, as we wrap this up here, uh, you did, an, you've been doing some interesting pieces and some webcasts and some fireside chats. You did something with the non, it was at the nonprofit times. Uh, I want to, uh, you know, tell people where they can find that and are you doing any more of those um we want people to uh, learn more about yes. you and, to, and to, to follow you
3: so we just did one uh fireside chat with the nonprofit times with st jude children's hospital food uh food for the poor um and the humane society of the united states talking about how those organizations are pivoting in our current climate the great great session. And you can find it at um, mptnonprofittimes.com. We are going to be doing another one um, coming up very soon, talking about Giving Tuesday, which will be May 5th. Giving Tuesday, which normally happens at the holidays, they're going to do a special one uh, on May 5th on Cinco de Mayo, which is a little weird, but OK. <laughs> and there are a lot of um, financial institutions that are putting together matching programs, too. So I, I would just say, you know, as different marketing companies are out there you know, that may be watching this, if your organization is able to partner with a nonprofit um, and do some sort of matching program with your staff, that's a wonderful thing to think about. So.
1: That that's amazing, and what we'll do is we'll we'll tag that, uh, you know that that cause, you know if you have any links to send out, we'd love to do that for you, but you know the, the time has uh, come. We want to, you know, we know you're very busy, and and uh, look how time flies when three friends, you know, get together and and talk. Uh, you know this has been this has been amazing. It's uh, great to always catch up with you, Gretchen, AJ. Any final thoughts?
2: No, thank you for uh, coming on the show, Gretchen. And uh, I i know we were supposed to be at an award ceremony together in a month or so. So hopefully we'll see each other before the year is over.
3: I'm, I believe it's going to happen. So look forward to seeing you then. Thanks, Vincent. Thanks, AJ. I
1: think so, too. Yeah, this has been awesome. Thank you, Gretchen always a pleasure you're amazing we love you and you know we uh you know stay safe and we'll talk to you very
0: soon
3: thank you bye
0: thanks for listening to the marketing stir podcast by starista please like rate and subscribe if you're interested in being a guest on the podcast email us at info at the thanks for listening